Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, boy, what's going on? Oh, man. I am once again thankful, mm. Shane. That we put out this call-in line, and, and more than anything, I'm thankful we got listeners, great listeners, reaching out to us, giving us questions. We're going to tackle a couple more of those, because without it, this would be a lackluster show this week. You know what? <laughs> well, this is this is part of the reason why we did it, but we didn't expect it to take off quite. I mean, the voicemail box keeps getting full, you know, so it's like we've only got so much room, and we got to keep going through them, so... Uh, Mike's been saving all of them. So if we haven't got to yours yet, just, just be patient. <laughs> we will get to it. Yep. And, uh, but other than that, Mike, you know, I just wanted to let the listeners know it's, it's a late one. It is night shift. <laughs> night shift has arrived. <laughs> Me and Mike, we've, we've been trying to get together all day long and, and, uh, had to go to this little dinner thing. So I'm about four or five of these in already. So I hope your editing fingers are ready, Mike, because there's probably going to be some shit you're going to have to cut out tonight. (laughs) Well, one thing I'm not going to cut out, the call-in line one more time, Shane, for anybody that's missed it, 615-965-5152. It's in the show notes. You'll be prompted with uh, Cousin Shane and I are on the voicemail, so you'll know you've hit the right place. Leave Some people don't leave their names. You don't have to, but... It's kind of mm-hmm. easier to identify. Leave your name, leave your message, and maybe you'll be featured on the show one more time. 615-965-5152. So we got a couple of those we're going to get to here, Shane. And Mike, uh, just a reminder, too. You, again, you'll be prompted with your name. They'll ask your name first, mm-hmm. and then you'll get our voicemail. So don't freak out when you don't hear me or Mike talking as soon as you uh, call that number. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't even gotten that far with it, so. I left the voicemail and I left it. That's how that's how it went for me. <laughs> but before we get to those, Shane, potentially big news here in the SEC. Oh yeah, we're halfway there, and halfway to disaster, if you ask me. Alabama may be adding themselves a quarterback, Shane, because Notre Dame's quarterback so good he couldn't start at Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner now in the transfer <laughs> portal, reportedly Alabama. Auburn in the mix, the Iron Bowl of quarterback portal battles here. Nick Saban versus Hugh Freeze. I, this is the first time they've gone head-to-head for a quarterback, to my knowledge, Shane, since uh, Hugh Freeze took over down there at Auburn. So many layers to this. Of course, Tommy mm-hmm. Reese was the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. So whatever he's trying to implement at Alabama, you would think this Buckner would have some idea of it. Apparently, Tommy Reese was the guy that discovered this kid. And, you know, I don't know how much that really matters because 
the way I hear it, Shane, it's not like Tommy Reese is coming down there and telling Nick Saban how it's going to be done. <laughs> it's more yeah. Nick Saban telling Tommy Reese, and, and Reese having to adjust. But the fact that this guy's in the portal and Alabama has uh, – apparently there's visits already lined up and everything – I don't know what that says about Jalen Milrow and, and Ty Simpson. What's your read on it? Well, it almost seems too perfect, you know. I, I mean, that's the first thing that – I mean, hell, we've been talking all week that we don't know if either one of these quarterbacks can lead Alabama to a national championship. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, a quarterback comes out that's <laughs> tied to an offensive coordinator down there in Alabama. It's like you cannot make this story up. And so, part of me thinks like, yeah, it's a done deal, but – Again, it's not like this kid was was a Heisman candidate coming in. You know, it's, I mean, he right. would still, even if he made it down there to Alabama or Auburn, he would still have to fight for his starting job. So I, I kind of want to turn this back on you, Mike. You know, I don't know how much film study you've done on this kid, but, you know, if he does make it to the SEC, we've got Auburn needing a quarterback. We've we got Alabama needing a quarterback. You know, that's a rarity in itself, these guys battling over a, a guy in a transfer portal. But yep. which one, which program would it be a bigger get, in your opinion? Man, I th- I would have to think Auburn. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the deal, Shane. I mean, I did get to see this guy a little bit because he played South Carolina in the bowl game. And mm-hmm. if I recall, he threw one, if not two, pick sixes. He had three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions. They won the game, but uh, they kind of won it in spite of him. He mm-hmm. he lost two other starts. He had Ohio State. Of course, you could kind of be forgiven. Ohio State was very good. But then the following week, Shane lost to Marshall. Yeah. That's Notre Dame's quarterback. Now, again, I have not watched that game. I don't know if it's all on him, but he had zero touchdowns, two interceptions against Marshall. He had 177 yards against Ohio State. I don't know that this is a guy worth adding if you're Alabama because I think what this is going to do is Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are going to sit here. One of them is probably going to leave. And just based on what little knowledge I have of them and him, I mean, I'd rather have those two guys. But the fact that this guy jumps in the portal and then immediately Pete Thamel, ESPN, many others saying, you know, watch out for Alabama again just continues what we've been saying – they do not have confidence in the quarterbacks they currently have to go all the way, and I'm just not sold that this is the guy that's going to get them there. Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, it, like I said, it almost seems too perfect, and it wouldn't surprise me if he does make it down there to Tuscaloosa, but I don't think that just locks him into a starting spot and go ahead and crown Alabama. They they were missing one piece, and they found him in the portal. Right. I, I still think that Alabama's looking. It's it's like maybe this is the best thing that's out there right now, but uh, you know, and I don't like to I don't like to harp on rumor mill and stuff like that. We talked about the Miami kid and everything, but is there any other quarterbacks you you kind of have your eye on here in the off season? Is are you hearing anything about potential portal ads, uh, or or do we just take what we can get right now? It it really is take what you can get, Shane, and the portal's about to close again, so yeah. you don't you don't have to be committed by the time the portal closes, but you got to be in it before yeah. you can play. And, and going back one more time to this this Buckner, and I, I'm not trying to slight him. He may be incredible. But right. Notre Dame brought in the quarterback from Wake Forest to take his guy's job. So if Notre right. Dame didn't believe in him, 
And I know we don't believe in Notre Dame. <laughs> if he ain't good enough for Notre Dame, how is he good enough for Alabama? I, again, I, I don't know. If I'm an Alabama fan and this is the move we make, I am I am very hesitant that we can beat LSU, that we can beat Georgia, that we can go back to the college football playoff uh, with, with the quarterbacks we got. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I, I mean, we don't know exactly how this thing is going to play out, but it almost looked like it, it played itself out here this last you know, in the last eight hours. I'm surprised he's not down there on campus driving around a Mercedes, you know, or a Charger or whatever, whatever Saban's handing out these days. But, uh, no, I, 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 I'm with you, Mike. It's more of a wait-and-see approach. Uh, I'm not – you know, I'm not going to have the parade just yet, yeah. even if they do land this kid. But uh, – I, 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 all things I'm hearing, he will be playing in the SEC. Don't know exactly which team in Alabama that will be, but uh, I'm sure it'll be one of them. And how about this one, real quick, Shane? This is uh, we don't have a clip or anything, but uh, one of the Mizzou writers down there, Matt mm-hmm. Stahl, he works for the uh, Columbia Tribune. He uh, was, I guess, he was at some event where Drink was there, uh, mm-hmm. sp- speaking, I think, to the boosters or what have you, and he says. Little, just a little nug here. He's in favor of the nine-game SEC schedule. So that they're going to be meeting in Destin here in a couple of weeks to finalize all that. So Missouri, that's a program you don't know exactly you know, if they favor the eight or the nine. But the fact that he's saying nine, that's a good indication. Again, I don't, I don't think it's Eli making the decision for Missouri. <laughs> but I also don't think he'd be out there if the university did not back that as well. Uh, but more importantly, Shane, he was asked about the quarterbacks. He says, Brady Cook, 100%, full go. And he was asked, you know, well, who's your starter? This is a quote from Matt Stahl. If we went out there today with the first team, Brady would walk out there and nobody would stop him. So, <laughs> Brady Cook's your QB1, at least right now. Sam Horn, Jake Garcia, the Miami transfer, they, they may have something to say with that going into fall camp but i just well, thought hey, Mizzou, Mizzou fan. yeah but it's like it's like yeah brady's not sore but what about say that's the one we were wondering about <laughs> is the sam okay you know <laughs> so I, I don't know if that's part of the you know reason for the answer here but yeah uh, i'm true. with you man I, I i think i think right now cook is the guy and um i don't know i i just got this ear i got this suspicious that feeling that uh that Cook takes that step forward this year in Mizzou. So that's why I'm a little bit higher on him than most people is, is mainly for that quarterback room. Yeah. All right, Shane, let's kick it over to our call-in line. That SEC hotline, we're calling it. Again, the number 615-965-5152. And I had no idea, Shane, there are people in the great country of Canada listening to this show. We got a special <laughs> shout-out. From Paul, well, we didn't, you did, from Paul and Amelia yeah. from Toronto, Canada. This is a quick one, but uh, I, I had to play this one. Hey, buddy. This is Paul and Amelia. Calling from Toronto, Canada. We love you, Shane. We love you, Shane. <laughs> Shade is loved in Canada. Have you ever been to Canada? Hey, Shane? I love you guys too. <laughs> Never been to Canada. Have you ever been to Canada, Mike? I have, yeah. It's a nice oh, place. Well, you know, it's funny. My oldest, she was, uh, for the longest time, I said, man, whenever you hit 21, I said, we're going out to Vegas. We're going to go out there. We're going to have a good time. 
course, nobody wants to go with their dad, you know? So I, I kind of <laughs> in the back of my mind knew this thing was going to fall apart anyway. Yeah. Well, she goes up with a couple friends to Canada. Well, you don't got to be 21 to gamble in Canada. <laughs> so her first casino trip was not with me, you know? So I was like, damn it, you know? So uh, so the first time she lost some money, first time of my, yeah, was up there in Canada. So I'd like to get up there. They always say uh, the Niagara Falls side, uh, if you ever get up there, is best best spot. But one of these days, man, we got well, me and you got to get up there. We got to find our way up to Canada. <laughs> yeah, can we can we get a game scheduled up there or something? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I saw what's his name. Uh, oh, what's that country singer? He was talking about Bamp uh, on Rogan the other day, and uh, ah, hell, I can't remember. If you're listening, you're probably yelling at your radio. But uh, but he just he talked it up and and talked it up, and I seen it. So I was like, what the hell's going on up there, Bamp? You know, it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous, man. I thought the Smoky Mountains were pretty. Golly, them are, them are like, you know, it's like a off the Lord of the Rings or something. You know, it just doesn't look real. So maybe one of these days we could get up there and check that out. Yeah, no doubt. All right, how about this one, Shane? Really great question. I thought Tyler from Olive Branch, Mississippi. What's up, guys? This is Tyler from Olive Branch, Mississippi. My question is, I was wanting y'all's opinion on uh, the soon-to-be 16 SEC programs. Which ones do you think will have a different head coach this time next year? Look forward to your answer. Bye. All right, Chase. So, again, we are including Texas and Oklahoma into this conversation because they will be in the SEC this time next year, or at least weeks away, essentially. Uh, yeah. Is there is there a coach? I've actually got two on mine. Do you want me to go first, or, do, or would you like to go? No, I'd like to go first because I know they're probably your two. <laughs> you know, because when I'm thinking, I mean, new coach, you're thinking hot seat typically. Yep. So I don't think there's a lot of hot seats in the SEC, short of somebody just you know falling apart. You know. I guess the big one will be Jimbo, you know, if, 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 if they go remotely the same that they went last year, then, then he's out. I, I, I expect that. But the problem is Mike, I'm kind of higher on Texas A&M than most. So right. I don't think he will be a, a vacated spot who I do think is the hottest of seats is Eli Drinkwitz up there Ooh. in Mizzou. And Billy Napier down in Florida. Those are the two. Those are the two jobs I've got my eye on the most, just because again, you know, Florida has high expectations, and you know, another slow season, which we're expecting them to have, they may not be patient enough to let him stick around. Uh, and then and drink, you know, we. We, we've had he's had some time he's had some time to build some teams up there he's he's got some talent you know but right. uh, again it's another program that can't afford to fall behind uh in the SEC especially recruiting and everything so those are the two teams I've I've got my eyes on is there another coach that maybe you're thinking of oh yeah well first I, I will go with Jimbo that was the top of my list Shane yeah. and this may not be fair but I think this is reality not only does he got to be concerned with how good he does, but he's got to be concerned with how well Texas does. Because yeah. just imagine a scenario. I don't think this is far-fetched, Shane, and we don't we don't suck up to Texas around here, but what if they win the Big 12? It's not a great league or anything, but what if they win the Big 12, they win 10 games next year, they got 
Arch Manning waiting in the wings. I mean, they're going to have a ton of momentum jumping into the mm-hmm. SEC. That's going to be bad for Jimbo, particularly if he has, like you said, another down season. I think A&M may be forced to pull the trigger so that they don't fall behind Texas. Now, hey, it was this time last year, was basically the roles were reversed. Shane Sarkeesian was coming off an awful year. Jimbo, mm-hmm. this number one class, you know, expectations galore. So it can flip, and it can flip quickly. I certainly think Texas could have a bad year, because they always do. And A&M yeah. could have a great year, and, and this is, and he's nowhere near the hot seat. So that could happen as well. But the one guy, Shane, that you did not mention that I think is on a hot, hot seat making that transition to the SEC, Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, they their standard, I think they won six Big 12s in a row, and they went to multiple playoffs, and yet yeah. they make the switch. I realize there's, there's a rocky transition, but they were just six, six and seven. That's awful. That's yeah. not the standard at Oklahoma, and it's only going to get tougher in the SEC. And I, I, you know, I don't want the guy fired. Apparently, he's a great guy, great defensive mind, and everything. But if they have another rocky season, I'm pulling the plug, saying, "Hey, we made a mistake. This guy's never been a head coach. He couldn't get it done in the Big Twelve. C- couldn't get it done with one of the most storied programs in college football." We got no faith in this guy to, when he comes into the meat grinder. I mean, Oklahoma, Shane, they should be we able to – We get, don't care how nice you are, Mike. You know, you got to <laughs> win when you're in the SEC. Exactly, we, I don't, exactly. You may be the meanest of a bitch out there, but as long as you're putting victories under the belt, you know, we're going to keep you around <laughs> forever. So, uh, yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just Well, thinking, I was just going to say, you would think Oklahoma, there's probably a list of 10 to 15 guys out there best coaches in the country, they can get one of them. Yeah. And they hired Brent Venables. And, again, he may be awesome. He may be, but he's unproven. This is his second year ever. And if he struggles as bad as they did last year, I'm I'm, I'm yanking that thing. I mean, I'm going to flip it up a little bit on you, Mike. We're talking all about the bad and the hot seats and things like that. Yeah. Let's flip it up a little bit. Which coach could get promoted? Which coach could find themselves at a different – University, maybe a dream job situation pops up. Maybe a great seat. You know what I'm saying? Just had well, a hell of a season. I, I and, hate and- to do it, but hey, you you set it up, so I'll I'll knock him down, Shane. Same situation. Brent Venables fired. You already know who their the first call yeah. is going to be, Mister Josh oh, Heupel up there at, at Tennessee. So I don't. Apparently, he's got no relationship with Oklahoma. So I don't. I mean, I don't think he's sitting around just waiting for that phone call or anything. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If Tennessee has another 10-11 win, he will be the first call. Not saying he'd take it, but but that is certainly one. And, of course, you got to throw Lane Kiffin into that mix. I know he just signed yeah. an extension, but this is going to be an annual thing, man, particularly if Florida struggles. You know, let's say yeah. the Florida and Oklahoma jobs open up, which that's, that's very far-fetched. I get it. But Lane Kiffin is going to be on that short list for both of those. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right, man. Oh, or what, or what about Stoops? He's another name that keeps floating around. And if they if they find themselves in a 10-11 win season, you know, that's another name that get that that will be on a short list. Yeah, particularly, Shane, if uh, Iowa fires their coach. And I have no idea if they would, but he's an Iowa guy. I think mm-hmm. that may be his dream, dream school. You know what? 
Oh, man. Well, nobody's leaving Kentucky for Iowa. Jeez, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm nothing against it or anything. Like, I, I know there's probably some Iowa people on here, but, I mean, come on. Kentucky, Iowa, they're not in the same. I'm not saying it's my dream, Shade. I'm saying, I, think <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I have heard I that before. Right. I, think, I think that's the only one he would, he would want to leave for. No. Oh, yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't want to see it, but I mean, that would be interesting. A coach, a successful Kentucky coach leaving yeah. for Iowa. I think that that's a good spot to land on your way out. Like if they finally had enough of Mark and they said, hey, we got to move on. I think then he's like, all right, I'm going to Iowa. You know, I can see that scenario. Yeah. All right. How about uh, next on the line here? Should we got Ron from Oakland. Man, we got to shout out Ron. He's calling us like every day. So we had to get a Ron question in here. And he is not understanding all the respect thrown KJ Jefferson's way. Let's kick it over to Ron from Oakland. Hello, Mike Shane. This is Ron from Oakland. Uh, big fan of the show. I uh, caught you all at the end of the summer last year. I uh, started following you all. And as I'm doing these projects, uh, instead of listening to music, I really enjoy listening to your podcast uh, in the afternoons here in California. Uh, I just want to start off. I'm going to give you all the calls more frequently, give you all some content, something to argue with. But the first start I'm going to go with is this lunatic assumption that K.J. Jefferson is the best quarterback in the SEC. He's not even a good quarterback. I don't even consider him top five in the SEC. So there's no really good quarterbacks this year, but you can't show me three games against high-level defenses where K.J. Jefferson looks like a great quarterback. So I, I want to get you all out. I know you guys are in Tennessee and your neighbor in Arkansas, and those are your cousins over there, and you've been over there hanging out since you were little kids, and, you know, y'all were both losers at the same time, and – one only one national championship in football between both schools. So y'all had the the hatred of Alabama and Florida and all this, and now it's Georgia. But let's get stick to the line here. KJ Jefferson is not that good of a quarterback, and Arkansas is not winning no more than six, seven games. I got him going five and seven. So I'm sticking with that. That's the arguing point. But I'm going to keep continuing this phone call. I'm glad that you all have this number. Because I am tired of typing my complaints in the comment section. I want you to hear my voice for now. I want you to hear that I am tired of this Josh Pate level of optimism. You guys are like supporting Mario Cristobal as a good coach or something. It's crazy what I'm hearing. Now, in the South Carolina love that you all are giving, let's, let's slow that down a little bit. Let's slow it down a little bit. So, great show. Great content, great interview, especially the Paul Feinbaum interview. I love that one. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you, Shane. Shane, you're you're hella funny. And I just want to let you know I love you guys. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. All right, Shane, not only is KJ no good, every SEC quarterback no no good, according to Ron. <laughs> and that just makes me think Ron is a hater. No, I mean we appreciate the question, but there's got you can't say everyone's bad. You know what I mean? I, I believe he's a Florida guy, so I think he's just really saying, well, if Florida quarterback's not good, then none of them's good. That's kind of my <laughs> read on the situation. But I don't get these people, Shane. I mean, I guess KJ Jefferson is not your 
Maybe he's not your prototypical passer. I, I don't know what it is. He does get a ton of hate, Shane. But how about this? He only played 11 games last year because he was dinged mm-hmm. up. 10 of the 11, he scored multiple touchdowns. He had a 68% completion percentage. His 8.83 yards per pass attempt are third most in the SEC. Only ones that did better. Hendon Hooker, incredible season. Stetson Mm -hmm. Bennett, Heisman finalist, national champion, back-to-back. I mean, these are the quarterbacks he's stacking up against. And how about this, Shane? SEC players with more touchdowns than KJ last year. Stetson, Stetson Bennett, who played in 15 games, not 11. Uh, Bryce Young scored 36, and Will Rogers scored 35 to KJ's 33. So we're talking the fourth most touchdowns in the league, and he says he's never done it against a good defense. Well, hell, look at uh, throw on the tape Alabama last time they went down to Tuscaloosa. 326 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions for K.J. Jefferson. I don't get it. I don't get why people think K.J.'s not a good quarterback, but uh, but I think he's a hell of a quarterback. Well, it, too, I always, I always when I'm thinking about an individual position, I remove them from their current climate or their current team, and I put them on a different roster. You know, here we're talking about Alabama needing a quarterback. If K.J. hit the portal today, you better damn believe Nick Saban's in his backyard tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He's begging him for him to come down there. And if K.J. was on a a team like the Georgia Bulldogs right now, I don't think we're talking about – you know, does he belong in the SEC or is he one of the best quarterbacks? I think we're talking about a Heisman candidate, which he already is. Right. So, yes, I've always been high on K.J. Jefferson just because of tangibles. If you're building a quarterback, what do you want? I mean, do you want somebody that is is perfect accuracy, has got a hell of an arm? Well, you know, maybe he's not as accurate as you would want. But then you subtract or, or you add the, the legs, the movements, the just the pure power that he has when yep. he has the ball in his hands – and, and, the, and just the playmaking capabilities. You know, the, some of the most magical quarterback runs I've ever seen was from K.J. Jefferson. So that's why I've got him higher on my list. And, yes, the ACC is kind of down this year, Mike. You know, we've got a lot of big names going into the draft. And it's and it's and we've got a new crop, but it doesn't mean that they're not talented. We, mm-hmm. maybe we haven't got to see Beck. We haven't got to see Larry. We haven't got to see, you know, uh, some of these other cats, you know. I, I, I would venture to say – Short of Rattler and KJ and who, who else am I missing? Uh, um, Jay what's Daniels. His name down there? Yeah, Daniels. I, I I think those are your three right now, and, and nobody knows the other guys just yet. But when we get to the end of the season, I guarantee there's going to be one or two of those that are having the question mark whether they're going to the draft or not. Yeah, and I'll throw in another one, Chan. I've started to watch more and more of them. Devin Leary, new Kentucky quarterback. Yeah. They got – they got an elite quarterback, I really do think. So you can add him, I think, to that that list by the end of the season. Yeah, no. I so I'm not saying we've got it down year. We always say that. I think that's 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 just natural. Is yeah. we got another down year, and then you're watching the draft, and they're like <laughs> they're getting selected in the first round. You're like, you know, it's just that's. But the SEC, that's who we are. We we as a unit rebuild reload you know it's just it's 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 almost comical how much talent we've got 
flowing through here. Even the ones that don't make it usually transfer out to some podunk to- town in Colorado. Well, maybe not Colorado. Everybody's transferring <laughs> out of there, but you know what I mean. And then next thing you know, they're they're in the draft with that program. So yep. it, it's it's almost funny to watch. But no, we've got some good quarterbacks in here. And is KJ God gift a quarterback play? No, but at this moment, if he can stay healthy. By far, in a way, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yep. All right, how about Jason from Alabama, Shane? I think you're going to like this prediction from Jason. This is Jason from Alabama. I just want to let y'all guys know Tennessee will beat Georgia in Knoxville this year. All right, Shane, so he is picking Tennessee to beat Georgia on Rocky Top. Mm-hmm. I got a couple questions here. First of all, do you agree with them? And you can hold off for a second. But also, I wish – thanks for the question, Jason. But I, I wish – you know, he said he was from Alabama. There are Tennessee fans in Alabama. There's, there's probably quite a few, actually. But I'm curious to know if Jason is a Tennessee fan living down there or if these Alabama fans, Shane, have hit such a point where they're like, you know, so, I'll, I'll tell you where George is going to lose next year so we can catch <laughs> back up to him. I'd be kind of curious to know that. But uh, what, what's your thoughts? Maybe, you know, you're not making an outright prediction, but uh, could you see Tennessee pulling off what would be an upset, it looks like to us? Well, first off, that wasn't me. <laughs> You know, a lot of people played that one twice. Be like, you sure it wasn't Shane? <laughs> no, that was not me. But I do like that bold prediction. And and you know, it's funny. It's like we we've beat Alabama last year, and and that was significant. That's something we've not done in a long, long time. Well, mm-hmm. the next thing we haven't done in a while is beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Is it possible? It definitely helps that it's at home. But obviously, there's a there's a couple of huge factors. One, health. You know, yep. is Tennessee healthy? Is is Georgia healthy? Is Milton playing lights out? Have we made a quarterback switch by this time? You know, have have we locked up that position? So it's tough, man, because I, I think our best shot for Georgia was last year. But, you know, again, maybe that's a good thing, overlooking Tennessee a little bit. And, and you know, it's not easy to do because I guarantee they'll be a top 10, top 20 team when you play them. And, and Kirby's going to find a lot of a lot of juice to, to get those boys pumped up in the locker room. But, yeah, it may be one of those uh, not trap games, but something that Georgia's just overlooking that they're going to run through this schedule. So I think that's that's part of it. It's just it's a new team down there. Yeah. And uh, if Georgia doesn't lock in, that's they're young, super young, super talented. But sometimes those young kids, they, they, they get – get to wondering you know they get to thinking about this game and the the nil deals and all that stuff and they're not maybe they don't practice as hard and then it comes back and bite them it almost did in in missouri last year so that's i think what we would need to beat georgia but if they're all locked in man that's gonna be a tough that's that's gonna be a tough damn game man yeah and i make a vow now to dog nation shane after Remember, I was the one that predicted they'd lose at South Carolina, and they, mm-hmm. they still, they still to this day remind me of that. I'm not picking them to nope. lose another damn game, you know what? Because <laughs> I don't want to, I want to have to hear it for the next 12 months. Georgia's going undefeated, so yeah, you're not going to catch me making this prediction. But it almost feels like Shane, when a program is at this high a level, 
it's not even the games that your circle as toss-ups because those are the ones yeah. they seem to get locked in the most. It's it's a road trip to Missouri. It's Alabama playing a Texas A&M and just lost to Mississippi State. It's it's almost like you like you said you got to catch them not looking at you, not focused. You got to yeah. you got to have them sleepwalking in there. And I just don't know. I don't believe that old Kirby. I don't even. I don't think they'll be sleepwalking into Neyland Stadium. You know, it's wild for Tennessee. It's it's like Georgia's not a must win. And I know that sounds crazy. It's a must win to get to an SEC championship, but it's not a must win to get to the college football playoffs. Example was last year. You mm-hmm. know, so I, I'm not saying it's as important. I, I Let me ask you, if, if Tennessee beats Georgia this year at home, which is a bigger game, beating Alabama or beating, beating Alabama on the road or beating Georgia at home? I think beating Georgia at home. Well, you, for your resume? Uh, you know, I'm just thinking well, because – Well, just because – well, I guess divisions are going away, so, I mean, that's not as important, but – Well, this year – I mean, this the, year it's not going away. Right, that's true. But I, I, I just look at it as you can sell, hey, we just beat the back-to-back champs. Well, and yeah, I think no. that's – I think they're the only ones that could potentially do it in the regular season. So, I think that would have more cachet, but again, yeah – beating Nick Saban two years in a row, one one yeah. on the road. Hell, I mean, you might be onto something there too. But I, I think I'd, I I have more respect for Georgia as a program right now than I do Alabama. So give me Georgia. I think that would be the bigger win. Yeah, Alabama, what was it, last 10 years, only lost two SEC games at home? <laughs> I mean, God, that'd be a big one, man. I'm just saying if you beat Alabama, you lose to Georgia, you're yeah. still going to a college football playoffs if you run the table. So, mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, I mean, that's that's splitting hairs. We're a long ways away from that. But uh, I do appreciate these comments for sure. <laughs> All right, how about this one, Shane? Unnamed Missouri fan. We'll just call him Mizzou man here. Uh, he – is not not a, a fan, big, not a not fan a big of fan of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like KJ. I guarantee that. <laughs> all right, just giving a call on all my fellow on behalf of all of my fellow Mizzou fans here. Just wanted to remind all the Razorback fans that I mean, we own you guys. So I don't know what kind of math they teach south of the of the Ozarks, but last time I checked, ten and four. Ten is better than four, so we're better than you. I know you guys like to talk about advantages in comparison to what we have in Como, but just remember, Donald W. Missouri. So every time you go in there to that stadium to cheer for your Razorbacks, just know University of Missouri actually owns that stadium too. Since we've been in the SEC, we have two division titles. Arkansas doesn't have any. So basically, if you're in Arkansas and you're not of legal age to drive, you probably don't even know where Atlanta is. Even before we were in the SEC, we were kicking your ass. You can talk about Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, and the Wild Hog offense, but when we played you guys in the Cotton Bowl, we did beat you 38-7. to That's not necessarily close. But put all jokes aside, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking because we know the Chad era – the Chad Morris era doesn't count. So, I guess none of this matters. All right, so there's not even a question in there, Shay, but I just <laughs> thought this was elite smack talking, and he's right. I mean, I think they own Arkansas, at least they do currently, 10-4 and four against Arkansas. 
seven and two as SEC foes. Man, that's um, I know Arkansas fans don't want to admit it, but that's one they really need to flip to their side uh, if they want to like climb this SEC ladder. You know what? Yeah, and it's it, you know. You got Arkansas doesn't want to admit that this is a rivalry, you know. I, I think – I don't know what it is. I think Mizzou hates Arkansas a little more than Arkansas hates Mizzou. That's kind of what this feels like. Right. But, you know, you can't – you can't really say anything if you do keep losing to them, you know. I mean, if – if if you know, it's one thing to not like – because we got in this way. To, when I was Tennessee and Vanderbilt, I didn't want to admit Vanderbilt was a rivalry and then – then they beat us a few times, and then, shit, maybe they are a rivalry. And then Kentucky <laughs> comes around. I, they're not a rivalry, and now all of a sudden they're a rivalry. You know, it's just right. if, if, if a team starts beating you, then you have to recognize that that, that border war is important to not just your state but theirs. So uh, this is a game that I hope continues to go. You know, they haven't exactly come out with a new scheduling or anything like that, but I love when these two teams meet because you know you're going to get a hell of a football game. And and uh, and you know, man, them Arkansas fans wish this kid would have left his name because they would have found him on Twitter. They would have found him on whatever social media he is to let him r- remind him that Arkansas does not think of Mizzou as a rivalry. <laughs> yep. All right, one more, Shane. Rod, back on the line from Oakland. He, I mean, like I said, he's calling us every day. I really like this question, though. Uh, let's kick it over to Ron from Oakland. Good evening, fellas. This is Ron from Oakland. I have a response to you, your continual disrespect of the Florida Gators. The last time I remember Tennessee beating Florida in the swamp, more than one possession score might have been, what, 2003? So this is 20-year anniversary since the last time y'all beat us in the swamp. You only beat us twice in the last 17 years. And the continual disrespect that you all bring to us I'm going to bring some knowledge to you to understand that what you saw in year one will be nothing like you see in year two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten from Billy Napier at the University of Florida. So we're going to give you some calls. We're going to correct you on your misunderstanding of what building a program for scratch looks like. Because it's funny how y'all want to trash Billy, but Tennessee, Auburn, uh, South Carolina and so many other schools were trying to hire the, uh, Billy before they hired your current coach. So talk to me, baby. All I want to know is when you get into the swamp September 16th, do you really think you're going to win by 11 points or more? Have a great day. All right, Chase. So, hey, I don't even remember saying this. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Maybe you did. I don't recall. But he's absolutely right. Tennessee has not beaten Florida by double digits in the swamp since 2003. Uh, Tennessee won 24-10 thanks to Ron Zook. I wish he was a Florida's coach again, I'll tell you that. And he's also right. Hell, Tennessee would have hired Billy Napier in, in years past if they could have got him, but I, I don't believe they could. So uh, back to what Ron is asking us here, Shane. What's your confidence level that Tennessee can go into the swamp and win by, I, I think he said, 11 or more points. Mm. <sighs> Let's see. 79%. Remember that? <laughs> I, I, remember that? 
<laughs> I can't remember the the. the and I'm gonna back this up because you guys need to know where I'm coming from. There there was a thing I saw online, and they were talking about the SEC worst teams uh, that year, and they had them listed each year. Of course, Tennessee was on there, 2017. So, Lyle Jones, that was your fault. Um, (laughs) But so was the Florida Gators back in 1979. (laughs) And I said, it feels like 79. Because I think right now, man, and it's nothing – I'm not piling on to the Florida Gators or anything like that, but – the thing that, that they're really good at, we're even better at. You know, I, I think, don't get me wrong, their defense I think is going to be much improved. Unless they start locking people down, you know, they're going to have a tough time with the Tennessee balls. I think about them coming up last year into Neyland, it became somewhat of a shootout. But I, they don't have that – I at this moment, now it's April, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we We're several months away, but I don't see – the Florida Gators able to step up and continue any type of shootout right now. So if mm-hmm. Tennessee does get up a couple scores, which they're more than capable of doing, it's going to be extremely hard for the Florida Gators to keep up. So wow. for this to be a close game or even a loss, the defense is going to have to shut the Tennessee Vols down and keep away. Just pound, ground and pound. Play that Billy Napier offense. But we're talking about – ifs and buts and if that you know if it were candies and nuts we'd all have a wonderful christmas so right now i got the balls winning by double digits in the swamp all right man after all this grief you've been giving me about my gator comments you're gonna know, sit here and say that you baiting you've been saving this mike you wanted to get me back you're like how can i get him back yeah <laughs> i'll go complete opposite with you shane i mean i okay. think i think this is a 50 50 ball game given the history given that it's in the swamp Mm-hmm. There is an opportunity. There'll be two. All they got to do is beat Utah. They're going to be two and zero in this game. Yeah, which I mean, e- easier said than than just sit here. Easier said than done, but could happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think that's a fifty fifty ball game. I think that's the biggest game on Tennessee's schedule right now, because mm-hmm. if they lose to Florida, which is looking like a in the middle of a rebuild. I don't think there's any shot in hell they're beating A&M or Alabama mm-hmm. or Georgia and, hell, maybe even South Carolina and Kentucky. I mean, I think they're going to be in for a rough year potentially if they cannot beat the Florida Gators that have so many questions. So there's, I think there's going to be pressure on Tennessee. This will be the first road test for Joe Milton. I don't know. This is a dangerous game, my friend. So anytime Tennessee has got confidence going into this Florida game, we know exactly how that shapes out. I I would rather, you know, predict a one point win than an eleven point win. So I have zero confidence. Maybe well, one one percent confidence that Tennessee could, fair, could do something the, like that. The Gator fans should be happy with my confidence because I've been confident that we're gonna beat them. Every year since I was born, you know what I'm saying? And to give you just a just a, an inside scoop here, in the last, what, 17 matches, we've only won two of those. So, you, you know, I mean, who cares that Big Orange Vols is, is confident? Of course he's going to be confident coming in his thing. Yeah. But then how many times have I left that damn place crying, you know, because we <laughs> lost to him again. So uh, Florida Gators are, are absolutely a cloud nine. You're right, man. As, as much as I, I want to pretend this won't be a ball game, 
It is. It always is. It's always tough. It doesn't matter who's on the field. And that's why it scares the Tennessee Vol fans so much. You know, they're going to act – a lot of them are going to act big and bad. And, you know, we, we, we got Josh Heupel now and this this fast, high-octane high offense. But how many of you were just be- praying to God that they didn't complete a Hail Mary at the end last year? You know, right. one of the worst Florida teams to ever come out of, of Gainesville. We almost lost to. So why is that going to be any different this year that we've got Joe Milton at quarterback? So, no, I, I, I'm confident. But like I said, I've been confident every year since I was born. <laughs> All right, brother, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, sorry for the rambling, but that's what you get when you call this late at night at the <laughs> at the Cousin Shane residence. But, uh, no, it was, it was fun and, and, and entertaining. We got the draft coming up, a lot of cool stuff for you guys. Yep. Uh, got some more guests lined up and and again as always public service announcement if you've not if you've not subscribed to every dang social media thing we've got out there it sure would mean a lot to us just jump on youtube jump on your kids youtube just subscribe they don't they don't need to know we're not that bad we're, we're like a pg-13 <laughs> show they can they can handle this feed so uh but it definitely help us out to get some more uh subscribers Yeah, no doubt. So I appreciate you, Shane. I appreciate each and every one of you. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.